0: And Pastor started this series with a life that brings glory to God." And he tried to explain to us how that, in the midst of all that is happening here on Earth, earth especially here in Nigeria, that our utmost purpose and our aim should be to live a life that brings glory to God. And the text was taken from Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse eight. He says, may the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through you and in you. That his name may be glorified through us and in us. And on that day, he joined us to make a shift from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. And we explored that in our present time, there's been a lot of focus on self, um, so many things around us. And honestly, because we live in the world today, there are tendencies that we act, always act in the flesh, that it's the flesh pulls us. Paul said that he constantly battles between his spirit and his flesh. There's always a pull. In the flesh, I and mean, because we live in the flesh, we are earthly, we are made of clay, we are earthly. The tendency is that we behave like people in the flesh, and it is not something new, something that you know happened years back, even from the creation of Adam. You discover that Eve was seduced by the flesh, and first John explained to us that it's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. So the lust of the flesh has been there from the beginning. Even Jesus was tempted from the lust of the flesh because the scripture said that when he fasted, the devil came to him and said, I mean, since you are hungry, can you turn this stone to become bread? And you know, if you think about it, you will ask yourself, why would a hungry man not turn a stone to become bread when he had the ability to do so? And you will see that there are so many things in our world today that we have the ability to do. But the fact that it is permissible doesn't make it expedient. Hallelujah. There are so many things that if you do, it's just okay. It doesn't mean that we should do it. And Jesus said, No, we won't live by bread alone, but by every word. So this flesh thing has been there from the beginning. So it's okay sometimes we fall to the flesh, but let's not remain there. So let's begin to make that shift from everything that has to do with self to the things that have to do with Christ. And then Pastor Etefia went on to explain to us that we should manifest his glory. Manifest His glory. And He explained three things. The first one was God requires that His glory fills the earth. So the utmost desire of God's heart is that the earth be filled with the glory of God. And number two is that God depends on man to fulfill His glory here on earth. And in explaining, He told us. That there is the glory of the sun and that there is the glory of the moon. And science has taught us that the glory of the moon comes from the sun. As much as God requires man to fill the earth with his glory, man must of necessity know that the glory that you show, the glory that shines through you, the source is of God hallelujah. And number three, he said that God had equipped man to fulfill his glory here on earth. You know, the senior pastor has always encouraged us and told us that sometimes we use vague languages, you know, very spiritual words that people don't understand. And the question is, this glory of God that we're talking about manifesting his glory, living a life that. Is portion to to reveal the glory of god what is this glory what is the glory of god why do we use the term glory and i can tell you of a fact that glory we use glory because it's very difficult to use glory for man we use glory for god but honestly You can actually use glory for man. So what exactly is glory? I have a definition for glory. Glory is the manifestation or revelation of what something truly is. Glory is the manifestation or the revelation of what something or someone truly is so when we say to reveal the glory of God all we are saying is that whatever we do we should do it in such a way that people can see who God really is when they said Solomon in all his glory and splendor what are they talking about Solomon with all his riches his wives, his money, his wisdom, everything about Solomon. When the scripture talks about God allowing his glory to fill the earth, it means that he wants that the entire earth knows who He truly really is. You know when Adam left Eden, people began to know less and less of God. And it has been God's utmost desire that people know who he truly is. And I must tell you for a fact that God has been revealing himself to us in so many ways. There are ways that you see God and you think, oh, this is a new aspect of God. It's not a new aspect of God. You are just discovering that aspect of God. I've had a lot of experiences in my life that tells me that God is. That tells me that God is. The earth has been preaching and teaching people that we can do without God. Some people are even playing God. Some people decide on what they want to do on earth and begin to do it without even considering what God thinks about it. There's a particular experience I've had, and I'm very careful where I share it because it's not a place where you share it, and uh, people hardly understand. It's actually a, a very unbelievable story. When I got newly married i'm not the type that likes wearing things in my hands and my fingers so i was persuaded to start wearing my wedding ring and right where i do business i wore this ring and i went to buy something when i went to buy that stuff uh, some you know i I i like to you know make fun a lot so i was just laughing and joking and i was showing them my ring that i'm newly married so anybody that is talking to me should know that it's already late that there's no space anymore stuff like that you know i just said it and just saying i'm, I'm sorry ah, it's too late if it were probably six weeks months ago that i could listen to you and i was doing all that showing my ring after that i bought the stuff i was i was wanted to buy and i carried it to my office when i got to my office i looked at my my fingers and i couldn't find that ring anymore <laughs> the, the ring I just finished boasting about. I couldn't find the ring anymore. And I searched my pocket, searched everywhere, walked back to the store where I bought that stuff from. And I asked them, ah, this, well, I don't do juju for me. Is it because I say it's too late? You want it to be, you want to reverse what God has already done? Where's my ring now? And we were all laughing about it. And lo and behold, the ring got missing. And I was wondering what had happened between when I bought that stuff to when I got to my my office. Could he have slipped off on the way? Weeks after, I can't say exactly how long. I was trying to, you know, um, prepare myself for work on one of those days. Right there on my shelf, I just saw the ring sitting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just saw the ring sitting there. And we had all manner of explanation that I probably found the ring and I put it back there or something. I tried to find explanation for it, but I could not. And God told me not to worry, not to even bother myself about trying to find out how that ring got there. It's a very unbelievable story. Just about, you know, less than a year when I got married. And I could tell you a million and one things of how God had been revealing or making an attempt to reveal himself to me. And there are so many things that may have been happening in your lives. And you explain it away. Sometimes you explain it through science. Sometimes you explain it because of the education that you have. You try to explain it away. And you do not see the glory of God in the workings. Of your life and God every day tries to reveal how do you explain now you know science can explain that you you make love to your wife and then she gets pregnant and then you have a baby have you imagined how possible that could happen and then you watch your baby grow from that tiny little thing fetus Grows to become a man. God wants the world to know who He is. And I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 to 3. King James Version. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising, Hallelujah. Irrespective of the darkness. Deep darkness. Upon the face of the earth. The Bible said. You will have light. You will have light. And this happens to. Most of us, as soon as you become a child of God, as soon as you become a child of God and you're baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, God begins to look for opportunities to reveal to the world the glory, his glory through your life. And we must be conscious of the fact. Last week, I was talking about the kind of life that we need to live to reveal God's glory. And one of it was to live a selfless life. Just an expansion on what the pastor talks about. A life that brings glory to God, a selfless life, and we asked ourselves. I'd like us to read Matthew chapter six and verse nineteen. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rot destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither rot, moth, or rust destroy, and where thieves. Do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in order for us to be able to live a life that glorifies God, we need to begin to make conscious effort to invest in the things of the kingdom. Invest in the things of kingdom. Imagine when most of, most of the people in Nigeria did MMM. You know, there's nothing that matters to people anymore apart from the MMM. They, I mean, every their consciousness was an MMM. They were going there every day, just like people that invest in stock and then in forex. There's nothing wrong with stock and forex. But you see how the consciousness of your mind is always there. It's the same way. If our consciousness is on the things of God, and I'm so glad for the people that come for Bible study, because so many things don't matter to you except to be in Bible study on a Wednesday by this time. For some of us, we go to work, we come back, and I I can tell you for a fact that some people even close work on time. But going to church on a Wednesday for a Bible study is not just part of the itinerary. It's not part of the itinerary. They just don't see themselves. Church is a Sunday thing. And on the weekday, let's just relax. It's the same thing with our finances. You know where your heart is. You go to work every day. You have your finances. You're happy to see money in your account. And we do not invest in the kingdom. Every time when we talk about investing in the kingdom, when we talk about giving to God, many people are very reluctant Many people have defined it that when you give to God, what does church do? What does church do with the money? They don't do anything with the money. I would rather, In fact, some people say, I would rather give widows, I would rather give beggars on the street than drop money in the church. And, I, and honestly, to give beggars on the street and give widows and all that, it's fine. And it's actually doing God's work. But what about God's house? Hallelujah. What about God's house? I'd like us to read Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 to 16 You are the light of the world A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do they light nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket But on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I'd like to start up with this discussion. How can we make our lights shine? What is the light of God in us that we need to make shine? How can men see the glory of God in our lives? Can anybody help us? Anybody? How can we reveal God's glory to the people of this world? How can the light of God on the inside of us shine? Anyone? I'm sure most of us have God's glory revealing in our lives. I'm sure most of us have the light of God in us. How can we make it shine? Minister Bright.
1: Thank you. You know, there was a day I, I personally asked pastor, <laughs> I said the I the way you, I said the way, I don't, sometimes I think, I don't think you go through some of the things we go through. I said, <laughs> it's not like that. What you see is the glory of God. <laughs> the glory of God covering me. Yeah. Now, how do we manifest the glory of God? It's not far-fetched, it's not something too, too spiritual sometimes, but just in, you know, first of all, making up your mind to do whatever you are doing excellently. You know, and it is in what you are doing that you manifest the glory of God. You don't try to manifest the glory of God by trying to, okay, you are on the pulpit now. If I cannot be there, I should not be expecting only the pastors or those on the pulpit to manifest the glory of God. It is in the walk, even in the office, the way you conduct yourself, the time you arrive, everything, more of, when people are not seeing you, and stuff like that. So it is in our daily activity that you manifest the glory of God, not in the spiritual, it's in the physical. <laughs> Put your hands together for Minister Bright. So Minister
0: Bryce says in it's in our daily work. Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else? Can you help him with the mic? No, the young man in front. Yeah. Okay, do you, do you want to talk? Okay, go ahead. After, ladies first, please. Right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just to add to what Minister Bright said, um, it's in our character. Even the Bible says that our fruits should show. I'm just paraphrasing. So it's in our character, and also wherever we are, that's like our pulpit to preach the word of God to... So, um, for men to see God in our lives. So as we talk to people, as we go about our normal businesses, we should have that in mind that we are portraying the um, glory of God so that will keep us aligned with his word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for her. Thank you. Let's have the brother in front. Praise the Lord. Um,
2: my own ob- observation that um, change is number one aspect. So we have to change from darkness to night. That's why we call transformation. So and people will see what is in us. That's glory.
0: Hallelujah. For people to visibly see the transformation that happens in our life daily. I'd like to read this scripture. Uh, the same place we read he said let verse 16 of Matthew chapter 5 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works so like minister Bryce said one way people can see the light of God or the glory of God in our lives is through our works it's not something spiritual it's not through our prayer life it's not through our prayer life People are are not supposed to see how, nobody knows how I pray here. Nobody can tell, oh, this guy is very spiritual. The spirituality should be seen in our works. And I must tell you, it's not your work in the church. Your work in the church is part of it, but it is not all of it. Some of us are so brotherly, so sisterly in the church, but our works outside the church has nothing has nothing and the church how many percent of your time do you actually spend in church how many percentage of your time just very little but the rest of our lives how do people really see us what do what can people say about you about the words that come out of your mouth about your integrity about your integrity in our business, I'm going to uh, use business as an example. Somebody comes to buy something from you, as a typical evil man. When the person has an issue with that product that he bought from you, and it's coming back to you, your face don't change you. Have you noticed, you are just naturally angry that he came back with an issue. there was a young lady who came to our store to buy charger for her phone. And she bought the charger and left her iPhone and came back and said the charger was bad. And she she was so very angry. And the, the person, my colleague that was there that attended to her was trying to convince me that the charger was okay. And I told her, how much is this charger? For this person to have gone all the way and came back because the charger is bad. You want to tell a story? Even the transport fare she spent coming there was huge inconvenience. Change this charger for her. This is not the typical thing anybody would do. I'm just telling you what we did. So I said, I'm so sorry. And she she was a medical doctor. I said, I'm so sorry. Please come and sit down. Please, can you get her Fanta? They brought Fanta for her, for charger. I won't do it to you, so don't come near me. (laughs) So they brought brought fat for her and they gave her another charger. By the time she left, she came back again and said she realized that it wasn't the charger that was the problem. (laughs) She realized that it was not the charger that was the problem, but her phone had an issue. And guess what? She bought another phone. Do you imagine what would have happened if we had dismissed her and said the charger had no issue, blah, 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 blah. Yes, it may have been true, but she would have left unhappy, right? She would have left unhappy, gone back to her house, and maybe eventually discover that it was her phone. She's not going to come back here because of the way she was treated. Okay, that is just simple customer service. It has nothing to do with Christianity, right?
3: Can I come in? Now, that's a good story that we should analyze. What is the standard reaction you get when you buy a product? You go home and come back and say there's something wrong with it. What is the standard thing you get? Oh, God, no small market. Oh. No small market. I beg, I beg it. Now, money, they go, they go. No come here again. Oh. That's the standard thing. But when the Bible says, let your light so shine you are supposed to be a good experience. Whatever they're used to, when they deal with you, they should meet Christ. The word Christian... You go ahead if you want to clap. The word Christian is to be like Christ. Now, he could, you could hide under the generality that in your business, in that area, once you take something away... This is not England that you can come back and say warranty or something. No. So, for the person to come back, generally, maybe the charger was 3000 or something. It should occur to you that God may be testing you. The person's transportation is probably 2000 The inconvenience is more than 1000 So, why is, go back? Just buy another charger. When somebody comes back to you, heaven is standing by you hell is standing by you Satan is saying he's going to behave just like me and Jesus is trying to say he's my child he's going to behave like me if you behave like other traders what happens to the glory of God I want an answer What happens to the glory of God if you answer like everybody else? Say, uh, Madame, I beg. Claire, 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 Claire. Uh, Don't come and spoil market for me. I say, what happens to the glory of God at that point in time? You have flushed the glory of God down the loo. What would Satan say to the Lord? He says, you see, you just die for nothing. They will never be like you. If we're going to talk about the glory of God, let's talk about it from the positive and the negative side. Every time we don't demonstrate the glory of God, we give Satan mouth to talk to God. It's like allowing your father's enemy to insult your father because you behave like a fool. Say, Oga, you are the father of this fool. You are the father of a fool. Am Am I getting across to you Uh I can see your temperature is coming down now that's how we should discuss the glory of God it's not when we don't our life doesn't bring glory to God it doesn't stop there it goes beyond that there's a negative aspect of it where there's no glory there's shame if your life does not have glory it means it is shame if you don't have money what does it mean? You are broke. If you don't have glory, it's shame. May we not bring shame to the Lord? Amen. I'm not done. I'm not done. I said, can you say that, Amen? May our lives not be a source of shame to the Lord? Amen. I didn't hear you on this side. May our lives not bring shame to the Lord? Amen. You know the equation is: you're either bringing glory, come on now, or you're bringing shame he that is not gathering is scattering he who is not with me is against me he who is not bringing glory is bringing shame maybe that's the way I should have preached it you know you say, let your life bring glory to God people are not listening if you're not bringing glory to God you're bringing shame to God I'll give you an example Job Bible says he was a distinguished Child of God. There was nobody like him in the eastern part of the world. And Satan came to God. And God says, Have you considered my servant that is bringing glory to my name? Of all the people on the earth, but you, the rest of them, if God is going to speak about somebody in this church, can you imagine if he has only one person to speak about? No, be shame me that. I said, no be shame me that. Now, God spoke about him. And you know what Satan said? He said, Job, just let him have a little rough time. And you see that he will curse you. And that's the story of a lot of us. When things are going well, we come to church. We give offering, we dance. Just a period of trouble, you will know what is in the person's heart. God was so confident of Job. He said, try it. Can God say, try Timilene? Can God say, try Lily? You sang very well now, fantastic. But can God be confident that if that sweet voice you have, you suddenly can't sing anymore? What will you do? Can I tell you another thing? Bringing glory to God is not just about good works. It's also how you endure hardship. The the greatest test of your personality is how you go through tough times. Whether you go back to Satan to go and cut a deal, whether you will curse God, or whether you just stop serving God. Some people come to church, but they don't get engaged anymore. They have a problem. Whether in good times or in bad times, Jesus is Lord. Job's wife came to him and said, curse God, your situation is so bad. He said, you speak like one of the foolish men. Shall we take only what is good? And because it's tough, you now walk away from the Lord. He said, I am not like you. I will remain steadfast. Fast forward to Job 42. God showed up. Because Job, even at the worst of times, kept giving glory to God. God raised him up. Gave him double. And so all the people that watched him realized, I could never be like Job. They repented. The Bible says they all bought gifts. Brought gold. And they came back to Job. Is literally worshipping Job. Saying you're better than us. Nobody should quarrel if God blesses you. May that be the story of our lives.
0: Amen.
3: In the name of Jesus.
0: Put your hands together for the senior pastor. God bless you, sir. I've actually not seen it this way. That it's either we bring glory or shame. Glory or shame. He just reminded me of my jump again. (laughs) (laughs) And I must tell you, in our academics, for those of us that are students, ask yourself, are you bringing glory to God or shame? Have you wondered why the senior pastor has emphasized the issue of excellence even in academics and we pray for our children every time before they go back to school and I expect that our children come out with first class because it's going to give God glory. When I was in school we were so busy for God right in my school I was in charge of 17 other schools in ministry work. <laughs> 17. One, two, three. As in 17 higher institutions. So at every point in time, I'm traveling to this school, to this school. In my 20s, early 20, 21 years, I'll be traveling to this school, to that school, to. Somebody that was a customer of jam that should go to school (laughs) and focus on academics, I was doing ministry. 17! And honestly, it is good. But that was my excuse for not doing so well in academics. And you do all those exploits. You pray and people fall under the anointing. And you lay hands on the sick and people are healed. And you do all that. And then... It's time to finish school. And you know, grief finish. (laughs) You know, grief finish. Do you know how we think that excellence in academics is not something we should strive for when souls are perishing? How we think that? How sometimes there's an exam, I'm not even aware. That there's an exam. Because I'm doing ministry. And we think, yes, that the job we are doing will give God glory. It will give God glory. But how are the unbelievers going to see you when they are doing you, let my people go? You know, pass is let my people go, right? I didn't get a pass. You know, Pastor Tefia said I was the last. I was not the last. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I want to tell the senior pastor, you will set set example for me and Pastor Etefia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Who will bring glory to the pastor? <laughs> no, Pastor Etefia deserves that. <laughs> I'm sure he's online in his office. Now on- honestly, um, you hit on another point. You said ministry was your excuse. For not doing well academically. For most people that know they're not bringing glory to God. They always have an excuse. My question is what is your excuse? Those that are watching online. What is your excuse for not being in church? Could it, Does it mean you couldn't have been? Or the excuse you give yourself is it's too stressful. But you go to work every day. Is it not stressful? Is your work not more important than your salvation? No. So let's talk about excuses for a while. What excuse are we giving ourselves? Everybody's doing it. Why should I stress myself? Nobody, everybody is self centered today. My children are, my wife is, my friends are. So why can't, why? How would I survive among selfish people for me to be selfless? You know, these days when you are nice, they call you Mugu. After they call you Mugu a few times, you decide, I am not a Mugu. At the time you are not a Mugu, you are not bringing glory to God anymore. It is better you are a Mugu, bringing glory to God, than to be a fine boy that is bringing shame to the Lord. You know what an excuse is? Something that makes you comfortable to remain where you are. Can you repeat that after me? What's an excuse? Something Something that that makes you comfortable comfortable to to remain remain where where you are. are. The enemy called average. So when we're talking about bringing glory to God, you may be bringing a little glory to God, but you're making excuses why you are not doing more. God always calls us onto higher levels. God, see, he says when you bring forth fruit, what does he do? He prunes you so that you bring forth more fruits. I want all of us to go home thinking, hmm, pastor may not know. Pastor Collins may not know. My friends may not know. But I know what my excuse is for not bringing more glory to God. The, the scripture you read for my sermon says, Bringing glory to God, and that God is more, being more glorified, or something in like us. that, in us. You bring glory to God, and God is being more glorified, which means incrementally. Some of us got saved 15 years ago. You are still bringing the same level of glory 15 years later. It's like entering university. I are still in part one 15 years later I rest my case may God help us put your hands
0: together for our pastor let's put excuses aside whatever your excuse is right now I'm sure some of us have very fantastic excuses you know some excuses that we have I'm not doing well because I did not go to school I came from a poor background My parents were not rich. They couldn't send me to an Ivy League school. So that is your excuse. And you're not doing well. I'm not doing excuse because I'm not in the right place. I'm I'm not doing well. My life is not glorifying God because I'm in the village. There are no developments around here. There are things that I, I cannot have opportunity to do from here. You know, I said even the world has accepted substandard as, as okay. If you write an exam, the average score is what? What's the average score? What's an average score of 1 to 100? 50. What's the pass mark? What's the pass mark? 40. <laughs> 40. Is 40 not the pass mark? So the world is telling us that below average is okay. It's, it's okay. Below average is okay. So when you are doing something, you are playing the keyboard, you are not playing the keyboard to be outstanding, to be the best number one, so that if they think about keyboard or organ, it is you, they think about, you're not doing that because you think that 40 is okay. When you are a designer, you're a civil engineer, you just carry block, put on top, plaster, carry block, put on top, plaster. It does not matter. I just send picture to your clients. I have done the work. It, oh guys, this is stand is okay. I was amazed one day the senior pastor and some of us were outside and he saw cracks on some of the, one wall. And he said, Why would this kind of company, I, I, I forgot to know whether it's A, B, and B that built that structure, or thank you, Kappa and Abel, such multinational could build that thing, and there are cracks on the wall. And guess what? Is there any other place there's a crack? No, then it's fine. It's just, it's just this place, it's, it's just okay. I was taking a walk one day with my wife in an estate, And I saw, not a new building, but I saw the excellence in the building. How the line was straight. I told my wife, can, can you see this? She wasn't really seeing what I'm saying. Can you see the line? It's so straight. This person paid attention to detail. I know we've had a lot of motivational speaking, just start, just start. Don't wait to be perfect, just start. I don't want to criticize us, but I'm just not okay with doing a work and somebody has something to complain about the work. My wife went to learn sewing one time. (laughs) and Since then till now, I have refused to allow her commercialize it. And the reason is that my dad used to be a fashion designer and he was a very renowned fashion designer, AB fashion, very renowned. He made suits for big people like Biafra. um, I mean, um, he came by Ojuku, you know, he came by the Biafra warlord. Some of the suits you see him wear was made by my dad, all those big guys. He made. so I saw the excellence in my dad. My dad would take a material and cut and cut and then the thing did not cut according to pattern and he destroys that material and buys a new one for the client and I asked him why he's doing this he said his interest is not as so much to satisfy the client because the client doesn't even know the perfection of the craft It's for me to be comfortable yes and say this I can boldly say this is my job Unfortunately, that was why I could not learn it because he was just too perfect in the craft. He was just too perfect in the craft. I told my wife, please be sewing for us until I can see, (laughs) until I can see that the job is good to present outside. And I'll be bold to say, my wife made it. (laughs) I, I might be too strict. But I said no. I said no. You have to be able to. I I, I said sometimes I embarrass them. I said, what kind of nonsense school did you go to? Because I know the way we learn. You know how some of you do now? You just carry material, bend it, and begin to sew. So how I learned it is cut it, bend it, iron it, check that it is straight. Then you begin to sew. But my wife, de- oh forgive! I, I know she's listening. <laughs> I know she's listening. But forgive me. But the only is just bend it or begin to so. I went even sew it. You know say, ah, what is this? I said. So I had to start teaching them bend it, iron it. Check if it's not straight, you correct it. Iron it before you put that machine on it. You sew. Have you seen this thing online? What I ordered versus what I got. (laughs) I'm saying this now. I don't know your field, but you have to get it right. You can't take anything below excellence. I'm not saying you should take a B. You must take an A. because somebody and imagine people will come and ask you you will say I get my inspiration from God I get my inspiration I don't like talking God sometimes when but the truth is that it's God that enables me to see these things and people must know that I give him the glory for that so we must strive for excellence In order to reveal God's glory. And the pastor said, on the other hand, one way to reveal the glory of God is to endure, is how we endure hardship. Give the mic to Minister Bright. He wants to share something.
1: Well, this time I want to pose a question to you. To the church. is uh is glory always a conscious thing do you always are you always conscious are there people who are shining the glory of God and don't know just don't know is it always a conscious thing you have to prepare for the glory of God or it could shine upon you like Isaiah says and you did not know okay
3: okay he said you're asking the whole church so I can answer you know, Christianity, a lot of people don't understand, it starts with a relationship with Christ. Then, Christ gives you identity. You, if you don't have identity, you cannot act according to type. When God made all the animals, he said, Adam, name them. That's the identity. So, a dog will behave like a dog. A duck Will go into water and behave like a dog. You see, you are named after the Father in heaven. It says you are named after the Father in heaven. That's your identity. When they say, Who is your father? If your father is a drunkard and you behave like a drunkard, nobody will ask you a question. If your father is excellent and you are ras, ah, the Yoruba way, I come, they say, Oh, my show, what a waste. So the answer to your question is when you're agreeing glory to God do you know, do you not know if you first have relationship relationship the fact that you claim you have relationship begs the question with who? With God Okay, what is the relationship? It says you are not even any more servants you are my sons where I am, you will be It is from your sense of identity that drives your behavior. I am like this because my father gave me a sense of identity. Then when I became a Christian, I got another higher sense of identity. So whether people are there or not, whether they pay me for it or not, my identity is what drives the way I live. Bible says, you're a city set upon the hill. That cannot be hidden. That's why, when we're raising our children up, one of the most important things you must do early is give them a sense of identity. The children of Grace Assembly are like this because they have identity. You notice the way they gravitate towards me? They are getting a sense of identity from me. And so I know where this is going. When you do not understand identity, you can drift. But when you have identity, you remember those days, you come from a royal family. If you were doing some nonsense, somebody is passing and look at all the boys doing nonsense. They will say, you, come. You look like a wavy. Eh, What's your name? I will slap you if you don't tell me your name. Eh, I talk. If these ones are behaving like this, what are you doing amongst them? I rest my case. Come
0: on. Hallelujah. The glory that we reveal has is limitless. I mean, the rich is limitless. You consciously know who you are. There, there was a time, my, my kid's sister, when because she's very, you know, has a small body. And you know, small people tend to feel people always try to intimidate them. So she has this saying that who do you think you are? I am the daughter of Ezodumebu. She calls our grandfather's name. That I am the daughter of Ezodumebu. And you can't treat me like that. So it's a conscious thing that you know. And it's also something that you wouldn't even know that people from far and near would see so it's both it's practically both i want to talk about how we endure hardness and i discovered that in our time most people tend to give up on life very quickly have you discovered that the rate of suicides in our time is outweighs how it was before and you will say that things are getting so bad now, nah, people can't take it anymore. It's because we think it's okay not to endure. And I want to tell you, it's a strength for us to be able to endure hardness. It actually, the way we endure hardness, gives God glory as a matter of fact. It depends on how we live our life in that hardship. Praise the Lord. In everything you do, as some of the hardship we experience. As a result of the mistakes that we make. I'm sure we know that. There are some things that life happens. And we need to appreciate that life happens. But when we know that God's glory will be revealed in your life. We endure. Hallelujah. We endure. And you tell yourself like Daniel. That I know the God that I serve. And he will come to my rescue. But oh king. peradventure he does not come. I will not serve you. I will not serve you. We should have that attitude towards life. That I know my Redeemer lives. I know he is there. I know he will come to my rescue. There might be a reason for this particular situation I find myself. I know God is going to change it. Peradventure, he does not change it. The enemy, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. Praise the Lord. This light that shines in our lives, in our lives, how do we keep this light shining? You know, you light a match. Yes. You light a match, and the, the, the light is there for a while and eventually vanishes. So, how do we keep this light that we have received shining? How do we do that? Who wants to help us? <laughs> the children are raising their hands. <laughs> Who wants to assist us? <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Who is going to help us? Okay, awesome. Praise the Lord. It's been long I heard us also awesome speaking in <laughs> a Bible study. Put your hands together for him.
4: He's, he's,
2: his name is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, um, the same way um, the natural bulbs are connected to a source. Without a source, there's no light. So you just have to be connected to the source. The Bible says that he um, um, said, abide in me and I in you. And, okay, and so you, you just have to be connected to the source. There is nothing Nothing. If you want to give glory to to God, if you want to if you want your life to glorify God, then you have to stay with God. That's it. Thank Please. you.
0: Uh, you know, I said earlier. Still hold the mic. You need to explain to us. You say connected to source, connected to God. How exactly? In what way can we do this?
2: Okay. Um, the Bible says that I'm the I'm the um, in the book of um, is it John John um, chapter. Um, okay, let, let me leave that. I can't remember the scriptures, but you have to study God's word. As you study God's word, he said, said, take of me. Take of me. So the more you study God's word, the more you be like God. Immediately you lose touch with God's word. You lose, you start losing touch of who he is.
0: Amen. Put your hands together for awesome. That was beautiful.
4: I'd like to hear from somebody else. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah um i i believe that one of the ways that we can keep our light shining is so many times as christians we try to think that these things are far-fetched but there's this popular song we sing read your bible pray every day pray every day if you want to grow it's as simple as that read your bible pray every day the things that those little actions do is it accumulates There's this book I read that talks about habits and how they intend to form. It's not at once that these things happen. So what happens is for every time that you read your Bible, for every time that you study, for every time that you pray, you are casting a vote. That one vote would count that you are on the Lord's side. For the times that you don't, it also counts against you so how many votes it's not by just maybe oh i missed it this one time and here's what we do many times we've been doing this thing for a while and then we falter or we miss and then the devil comes with all the words oh you have messed up now you are not qualified you are not this you are not that but the the consciousness of the fact that your actions count every single time so how many votes do you have that makes you keep the light shining? How many votes are dimming your light? And yes, this is also a good reminder for those that don't have their PVC. Please get yours. <laughs> Put your hands together
1: for him. Alright, Minister Bright. Yeah, I think some some exercise would will keep your spiritual light shining. Why? Some exercise will also keep your physical light shining. The parts, brother, also mentioned staying connected to the source and with his own will keep your spiritual light shining. But the God is also interested in our physical light. And I think Apostle Paul says, study to show yourself approved. So we must constantly, aside keeping the spiritual light shining, because the Bible says that it is God's desire that we also prosper in our spirit, even as our body. Uh, so uh, prospers, we also prosper in our body of our so prospers. so what you do in your office in your at your work you must go beyond just resuming and coming back every day to you know study you know everything is in the bible the bible also encourages studying and getting good at what you are doing so that you can keep the physical light shining as much as the spiritual light. Put
0: your hands together for... I believe when you talk about studying, is developing your skill. Developing your skill. The developing skill, skills, the skill yeah. in what you are doing. Okay. Let's have brother Richard.
2: First Lord.
3: Pastor mentioned identity. I think it's also important to the group that you find yourself in. You know, it's also important, and you need to be deliberate about that. So if, you, if you're a winner, and you always find yourself among losers, it's just a matter of time, you know, you begin to... Um, so if you have people that have a high standard, and you're amongst them, the tendency for you to you drop... If you drop the ball, you know, and you're amongst winners, there's a way they will remind you that you are falling short, and, you know, in no time, you, you know you. So I think it's important that you, you watch the people that you identify with.
0: Thank you, Brother Richard. Put your hands together for him okay so some of the things we've mentioned you know I'm going to start with um, bro awesome and our brother on the cliche of read your Bible and pray every day you know we have become used to saying it and if you ask yourself the truth you will discover that even as much as we say it the fact that we sing it as a song people don't still do it people st- don't still do it and You ask yourself, why is it that it's worldly things that tend to, you feel like doing all the time? Because that is what occupies your spirit. That is what, there are some people that I I mentor and I disciple. And I tell them that when you read your Bible in the morning, and of necessity, don't step out of your house without doing that. When you do that, study it in such a way that you develop a question that you don't have an answer to. When you finish reading it, ask a lot of questions. you find answers to them until you find a question you don't have answer to. And then throughout the day, that word will be in your mind, trying to find answers. And you'll find yourself even discussing with somebody about that scripture that you don't have answer to. And imagine if you do that every day. What occupies your heart? God's word. And you see that there is no room for whiskey and David. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. I know some of their fans are here, but it's okay. But you see, there's no room for worldly things to find space in your heart because it's filled with God's word. And you see, when the devil came to Jesus, there was nothing else apart from scriptures that Jesus used. Did you notice that Jesus himself, the Son of God, quoted scriptures? Did you know it was scripture? He didn't just say anything anyhow. He used scriptures. Scriptures. Every day in your life, your life can be guided by scriptures. And prayer, we must of necessity talk to our Father. You know, the person you have conversations with all the time, before you know it, you start behaving like the person. Am I correct? Before you know it, you start behaving like the person. You start thinking the way the person thinks. You spend more time with someone. You spend more time with God. You start behaving like God. Do you know how else do you think God can reveal himself to the world? How else do you think God can show his glory? It's through our lives. And our brother said that we must developed even in the thing that you are doing when we talk to our colleagues in the office we say that don't continue doing the same thing the same way for all the time even if it is okay even if it is is perfect it was perfect yesterday it has had an error tomorrow I don't know if you realize that. Why is it that your iPhone releases a new version the next year? Why is it that your Android? You have to upgrade it the next year and they make it a better experience in that. year, it's like the best experience you have the following year. They give you something better because you can always have a better version of yourself every year. You can always. There's always something new. There's a particular place. We're not perfect we are naturally created with infirmities and we can our way to perfection ultimately like bro richard said begin to look at the people around you ask yourself the people you surround yourself with are the people that will help you move up to the next level are there people that will help you move up to the next level or will they or do you like feeling like a king amongst them? You know, sometimes we feel very comfortable when everybody around us worship us. Do you, you know how you feel? Everybody is worshipping you. Everybody is bowing down to you. You have no respect for anybody, and you are happy. It was only a matter of time they will drag us down. I'm going to close because our time is up. We have learned that God wants to reveal his glory to man. We have learned that his glory can only be revealed through us. And we've seen that the things that we need to do to show forth God's glory, we cannot accept anything short of excellence. And the Lord will help us. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to stand up on our feet. Father, we thank you for your word today. We have seen your glory revealed in grace assembly. Our prayer, Lord, is that every time we come to your presence, you will continue to reveal your glory to us in the name of Jesus. Cause the light that you have sparked on the inside of us to shine, that men may see our good works. Men will not see anything short of good works in our lives in the name of Jesus. Cause that this desire to shine your light and to reveal your glory in men will be revealed through us, will be burning through us, that you will take away our rest from us until your glory is revealed in us and through us. Blessed be your holy name, Father. In Jesus, much less name we've prayed. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord.